I listen to podcasts and um, the girls are the two women who do it are in LA and they're podcasting on their own and one of them um, they literally have been inside the house because LA is so bad and one of them got in a car to work and she puked because she got motion sickness <laughs> <laughs> let's go let's go come let's be clear shrine of duty you're being interviewed today as a witness not as a suspect the official unofficial podcast my team will get to the root of anything shrine of duty hello and welcome back to Shrine of Duty, I'm Brendan. I'm Hannah. And I'm Rebecca. And I'm really genuinely excited to be here. Like, I'm really giddy. So giddy. We're back, baby. We are in the same room. Like, you guys have seen each other, but I've been in a car. Yeah, you have been in a car. For anyone that listens to our Quarantelli podcasts, like, it's, it's, I've been in a wardrobe, Hannah's been in a car, and Rebecca's been in the lounge. And now we're in a room together, you guys. I was in a sitting room. I lo- did you call it a cigar room in one a of the cigar podcasts? Room. I couldn't remember what I had called it. Someone's it was, like, do you have a cigar room in your house? Cigar room. <laughs> a cigar room. Uh, so look, we're back. If you've never listened to us before, we are three massive Line of Duty fans and we have this podcast, which is called Shrine of Duty. But we started on season five. There were four previous seasons. <laughs> and pretty much since we started the podcast, people have been asking us to go back and recap from the very beginning. Um, we used to have busy lives. Yeah. So that didn't make sense. Well, I was going to say, we're not sure what took us so long. But yeah, life, lives. Li- lives and doing things uh, took us so long until a podcast, or not a podcast, until a pandemic hit. Uh, so we're finally going back to the beginning. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be recapping seasons one, two, three and four of our favourite BBC crime drama. Uh, normally we dedicate one whole podcast to an entire episode, but these recaps are going to look over one season. So you're going to get this one's all about season one. We'll do another one about season two, three and four. Uh, also, we're conscious Some of you may be listening to this having watched and heard everything right up to season five already. You may know all about the bum chicka wah wahs (laughs) and the lines of Juicy and all the other bits. Um, But also, you may be just starting your line of Juicy journey. So we're going to avoid spoilers as best we can. And (laughs) As best we can is important in that sentence. Like, there might be a gentle sprinkling. Yeah, there may be a spoiler that you won't even realise is a spoiler because we might just say something without realising it, but we're definitely not going to ruin anything from further seasons that's, like, really big. Um, And we're going to try and avoid talking about stuff that we know already happens, okay? Yeah, I'm just so excited we're back doing this. Same, I'm just nervous I'm going to say something like, you know, Blah blah blah, beep out whatever you know. Yeah, well, just if there's any beep, you'll know that that's a spoiler. I'm not an interview from Line of Duty. It's just a spoiler. Yeah, like when we did the Quarantelli podcast, it was just us randomly talking about TV because we needed something to keep ourselves going. But we haven't done a full like homework research, twenty five pages of writing podcasts in a long time. And I forgot until I sat down to do this what my Shrine of Duty like thought process was. We're like in the WhatsApp group, like all excited, like yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go back to the start. I'm so excited. Then you sit down. Uh, no, sorry. Then you sit down and you procrastinate. You're like, I've got my homework to do. Oh, I did it last night. 25 past 12. Push it out, push it out, push it out, push it out. And then I do it. And I'm like, oh my God, I haven't seen this in ages. I forgot about that. Forgot about that. Writing all my notes. Love it. And then it's done. And then I get really excited to get into the room and like, just talk. There's so many juicy, lovely bits, complicated storylines, amazing cross examinations. Is that what you'd call it? In season one that I completely forgot about. And my goodness, can we just say Lenny James? Yes. The man. Like the this was in this came out in 2012 
And to this day, it is still so relevant. It's absolutely so quick. There's so many things that you're like, oh my God, I missed this. It's it's phenomenal. Oh, I missed loads, as I always did. The the one thing to notice, though, like going back, is the camera work in season one. It's obviously just a different style, but it's that real like handicam, handheld, shaky. Oh, it's like, like the office. office. <laughs> it's it's like, like the office. But my God, can we just say one thing? Steve Arnott has Aged the glow up like impeccably. a fine wine. Yeah, the glow up. It's the Vegas, Mr. Vegas. Mr. It's Vegas. the tan and the beard. We spoke a lot about the beards in the last season, yeah. but it, that was a big. Also, Vicky McClure. I don't want to be like just speak about her because she's a woman and say how beautiful she is, but she's so beautiful. I she just is. actually forgot, and she looks really like her This Is England character in the first season with her short pixie mm-hmm. cut. I just love her yes. so much. Gorgeous, and she's got a lot more to do in season one than I felt she did in season five. I felt she was maybe a little. Oh, less served in season five. Okay. So she a badass. Excited to have her back doing one. loads. Yeah. Uh, we're yeah. going to break this down then Hannah's going to take the first two episodes Rebecca's going to take three and four I'm going to do five um, one thing that I noticed um, when I went back and watched episode one of season one was at the start in the credits it says content television presents what? Not yeah, world so it wasn't always World Productions or maybe World Productions change name. And we love World Productions. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. kind I to just, us on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I just noticed that Content Televisions Presents. Uh, so I don't know. I must check that out and content. see what... Content. Brandon, you, you are you DCI? A DCI, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first bleeding scene has even it. started. <laughs> the show hadn't Brandon, begun. Like, I'm taking investigation. <laughs> oh well. But honestly, Line of Duty has made me watch television in a different way ever since. Okay, I completely agree with that. And we're not going to get off topic, but I did just start the fall for the first time. That's on me. Big mistake that I only came to it now. It's absolutely. It's got Line of Duty energy. I mean, but I I'm watching you. that with a Line of Duty critical yeah. eye that this podcast has given me because it, it actually it's that level of detail as well they're dropping acronyms and this that and the other we that dissect need. everything now because we ourselves have become somewhat like detectives the cork board in the bedroom like everyone yeah. needs one line of duty just teaches you to watch tv better mm. yeah it doesn't it like it accepts that the audience are clever and that they'll figure it out and doesn't over explain like so much drama does especially American drama it's like here it's what's happening whereas they're just like figure it out bitch this can't podcast, figure it out listen to I a podcast I have to say though this podcast really does help me personally I'm sure it helps people listening and I'm sure it helps you guys but literally. sometimes I don't be knowing what does be happening now what did you say to me outside and you literally didn't know what happened until you done research for this podcast that happens all the time oh I can't remember that was yeah. five minutes ago it's gone out of my head <laughs> I don't know right okay episode one season one Hannah you're up okay it's long and I'm sorry because I know we're meant to be keeping it short but then when I went to start I just got too into it and I also hope I'm able to read because I haven't been speaking <laughs> it's to been a while it's been a while since I read or been in a room with other people okay so this episode episode went out on the 26th of June 2012 that's when it started we should have some sort of 10 year party for it in two June's time wouldn't that be fun yeah, we'll probably still be sitting in the bleeding <laughs> pandemic let's do no, that no live event it's going to happen Okay, the show opens on Steve Arnott, friend of the podcast, Martin Comston, who's about to make a very bad decision before the credits have even done. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Hannah's been tweeting Steve Arnott. 
Uh-huh. He was about to make a very bad decision before the credits have even stopped rolling. He gives a team of armed officers permission to enter an apartment and shoot whoever is inside. They burst into number 56, blasting down the door with like a bomb. They shoot dead a man who's holding a baby and pin his partner to the ground. It's actually really violent. In runs Steve to discover the man was not armed. There's no gun, even though they thought that he was holding one. The man... um. Oh yeah, and then basically the big killer of that scene and one of the cleverest things is Steve is in shock. He's like, this is not the house we're meant to be in. This is just a family. We're after killing someone. And he looks at the door. They entered number 56, but when he looks closer, he realises that it was actually 59, but the the nine dropped down to make it look like a six and they went into the wrong house. Horrific. And that's what kicks it all off. They entered number 59 and killed an innocent man. Arrives on the scene, Chief Inspector Osborne, who heads counter-terrorism. He meets the team, so Steve's part of counter-terrorism at the scene. And he demands that they all lie on their statements about what happened. He's like, say they were armed, say they were this, that and the other. Can I say one thing about Osborne? He looks like the bold instructor from Thomas the Tank Engine. (laughs) Image. Image, spits. I was in shock. Absolute image. Okay. He looks like a a fake (laughs) trade. <laughs> just there's just a look. I just got a look. Did you guys get the look a of full the look. instructor, the bold instructor? Is that what it's called? The fat controller. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I really haven't got out much, but I just was having a moment there when I saw him for the first time. Okay, he's got a very memorable face. He does. So he arrives on the scene. He's like, guys, you're going to lie. You're going to say he was armed. Our Steve is an honourable man, however. Friend of the show, Martin Compton. And thus begins his time with AC12 under a very fresh looking Ted played by friend of the podcast, Adrian Dunbar, who promises Steve a very special case. Ted looks so young. So years off. Like... What I mean, he is, what? Eight years younger? Ten. They filmed it. So it went out in 2012, but apparently they filmed it ten years ago, if you think about it. Oh my God. Very dapper. So, Q, Lenny James, a.k.a. the gorge Tony Gates, who has a flirty little breakfast with the icon herself, Jackie Laverty, played by the one and only Gina McKee. Shout out, Gina McKee. Not yet friend of the podcast, but my God, do we want to be. Gates has just been named Officer of the Year, but Ted's onto him and expects laddering, which is find, um, which is someone who's committed a crime. So basically, Tony finds people who have committed a crime and then pile a load more offences onto their charge sheet so it looks like he solved a load of... Do you know, I clearly remember your definition of this from the very first Shrine of Duty we ever did. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, I do. And that's how I know what laddering is. Yeah. So basically, he finds one kind of little shithead who's done a few crimes and then puts loads more crimes on them. And that's basically got him officer Looks of the year. Looks like he solved everything, but he didn't. He was just piling the shite on someone else. Exactly. So Steve keeps an eye on Gates. Um, oh, yeah. So Gates has been named officer of the year, but Ted's on to him, right? So they're at the officer of the year ceremony. Steve keeps an eye on Gates at the ceremony, but he's soon whisked away by Jackie, who's bawling down the phone. She's gone bananas and she said she's after hitting a dog. But spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out to be her accountant. She lied and reported her car was stolen. So Gates comes over to the house and he's like, shit, what am I going to do? So he decides... Sorry, can we just say one thing? Her bleeding house. The Gates. Oh, I have it in my notes. Yeah. (laughs) The house is divine. Divine. So he fakes a crime scene at the house and then heads home to his wife and daughters, the absolute bastard. So we meet Kate, who's doing everything she can to help a man who's been repeatedly burgled. So you're kind of seeing... And I love that storyline because it's literally just included... 
to show the impact of laddering because instead of solving crimes that are actually impacting people like this old man who's been burgled all the time Tony Gates is just going yeah your man did it's Grant put him away it really shows the effect of the police corruption that AC12 are after on the little yeah. people yeah yeah and that's I just love Kate in this season. She's doing all deadly stuff like this. So Hilton calls her in for a meeting and is asking her to do some dodgy stuff so that his stats look better. Next, we meet Craig Parkinson's dot and Bob the Builder, aka Neil Marcy, aka Nigel Morton with the limp. They get a report of a body found near where Jackie lives and Tony Gates cops. Well, she didn't hit a dog at all, did she? AC12 arrived to Tony's building as in the office he works in and Hilton informs him, oh sorry, and Ted informs him that he's being investigated. At this stage, we've been told, um, we've yet to be told that Kate is in fact undercover, but you're kind of starting to pick up on a few mm-hmm. bits. Her and Steve have a meet cue at a locked door. Tony's interviewed, no beef in season one. Uh, no, no beef. I had yeah. that written down as it well. Came in in season very... two or three. Before, do you remember Neve Hassel actually went and sussed this out and measured exactly. the length of all the beeps for us? It does feel no very beep. naked without it, though, doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. feel the same. No beep. He gets a yellow notice for not declaring his free breakfast from that flirty little date with Jackie. Jackie comes into Tony's office. He thinks. Um, he thinks it's. I don't even know what I wrote there. Um, so basically, she comes into the office. He tries to convince her to confess, but she keeps up the lie and lies to his receptionist, Rita, that her car was stolen. Later in the pub, Kate gives Steve hassle for AC12's treatment of Gates. The next day, Kate asks Tony if she can officially join his unit, and he tells her to come for a drink with the lads, and he'll see. Steve and Ted interview Tony again, and then they hand him a second yellow notice, this time for a ladder, and he flips the lid. Steve and Ted then have a little fight and then Ted reveals to Steve that he, because Steve kind of implies that Ted's being a bit racist. Mm. Yeah. And then Ted says that mad line, no one's blacker than me, son, and tells Steve a little story about a time that him and his Catholic friend when they were young officers drove over a pipe bomb in Belfast and his best friend was killed. So he tells Steve not to talk to him about victimisation. Mm. Mm. Very good to have information like that straight away that we kind of forget about. Just pop it in season one. Jed's mm-hmm. not messing. Later, Ted brings Steve for a shifty midnight meetup. And who's there? It's Kate. And she's undercover and it's all revealed. Steve didn't know until this point. Did you get a bit of a flirty vibe between Kate and Steve? Oh, yeah, it's so confusing. I'm like, They're fully I, flirting in the yeah, first episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a bit of a chemistry, let's just say, a natural chemistry between them. I yes. think he definitely fancies her. Now, who wouldn't? I'm not sure if she's, you know, onto him or whatever, but I think it's the one way. Mm. But there's, there's, there's definitely vibing. a curiosity, I think, from both sides. There is vibing. Now, my next sentence is, did someone shit on Steve's car seat? I, Excuse me? <laughs> Guys, I nearly <laughs> fell off the couch. I obviously missed this. Someone did a poo on I the car seat. I missed this as there well. There is a storyline in <laughs> season one, episode one. I watched this the other day. How do I miss this? Craig Parkinson, as in Dot and Nigel Morton, yeah. are kind of bullying Steve for his treatment of Tony Gates and every time he goes to Gates' office he's getting hassle and Kate has to get in on it because she's undercover. Well, he goes out to his car to shit in his seat. <laughs> <laughs> Who's shouting his seat? Tony Gates. <laughs> So later, I nearly died. Later, (laughs) later in the episode, Hastings comes up to Steve in his office and goes, I have it on good word that uh, it was Gates himself who defecated in your car. You know what? I it's actually, the best show on television. I can't believe that I missed that. I watched it two days ago and I've seen it 15 times. Yeah. 
I never thought before until I was like, I need to write down everything that happened. Someone shit on Steve's seat. <laughs> and then, right, about two scenes later, Steve's obviously cleared it up. He's gone mad. He's he- out with the shaking back. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming back to the office, right? And Nige and Dot are outside and they're like, looks like that shit is still on the seat because he's driving in the car where the shit was. It's guys. Jesus. That's really, really bad on their behalf. I expect more from Bob the Builder himself. Tony Gates did it himself. Tony Gates did it himself. (laughs) Fuck. Tony meets Jackie in her lavish mansion for a ride. Meanwhile, Dot and (laughs) Dee are also guys. Poetic. Yeah, but that that was sexy. Like their Their relationship is quite bomb chicka wah wah. She has him round a little finger now. Absolutely. That's that is what she plays. That's her card. So Tony meets Jackie in her lavish mansion for a ride. Meanwhile, Dot and Deepak surveil a drug house in the bog, which is a dodgy part of town. They leave their post 10 minutes early. It's very suspicious. If you're just watching for the first time, I'd put an asterisk on that. And a double murder happens in the house. The bodies have had their fingers cut clean off. Then I just wrote Steve's wild eyebrows because in the next scene... Wild eyebrows? You need to go back and watch this. It looks like he's had brow lamination. Yeah, it does. That's in fashion now, but in 2012 it was not. And Did for he men. have the fee brows done? <laughs> he had the lamination and the fee. So Steve Arna has laminated eyebrows in this next scene. <laughs> And then Maybe the final slapped a bit of Vaseline on laminate them. Numbers. And then in the final scene, a clerical officer tells Tony the true identity of the man that Jackie killed. Sorry, that clerical officer is actually called Rita, and she's Rita, bad. Yeah. Love her. Um, the true identity of the man that Jackie killed, her accountant. Tony sends her off to make tea and deletes all traces of the link between Jackie and the dead man. Just in time, just in time, because at the exact same moment that Tony's on the computer, Steve is also logged into those files and he's about to hover over a little line that says links, but Tony's deleted it. Sweating at that. Uh, sweating at that. The theme music builds and that is episode one. Wow. Kind of well done. That, that wasn't that, that, that was, long that was, at all. That was nice and uh, succinct. Brill. Lovely. Anything to say? Uh, thank you for pointing <sighs> out the, the shit, shit on the car. Had, yeah, I knew that we both point out the same bit, yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. I had to, I'm having a bit of Club Orange. I had to write in capital letters because like that, we've watched this show. Yeah, again and again. Multiple yeah. times. How is that not a gif? How is it not an image on <laughs> Google Images? How is it not images? a meme? How is it not a meme? Why is it not on at Shrine Pod on Instagram? Because, well, it's going up tonight, but people don't realise it happens, guys, I don't think. Well, now, maybe did. we're wrong. But it did. Tony Gates, Shat Lenny James, Shas, <laughs> Shas in Steve Arnott, Martin Compson, friend of the podcast, <laughs> Car. Right. Well, let's see what shit there is in episode two. Episode two. We're now up to the 3rd of July, 2012. Nigel and Doc bully Steve outside Tony's office. Tony briefs his officers on the Greek Lane double murder. So the Greek Lane house is the house that's in the bog. It's the house that Dot and Deepak were surveilling, but they left 10 minutes before the other car turned up. So there was this 10 minute window where there was no police. And a double murder happened. And they interview a dealer called Wesley Jukes. He is the main suspect. Tony threatens to make him look like an informer in his community. So Duke spills on the men they killed in the house. Tony actually does a really clever thing. He was like, we will have an armed car bring you home. We will make sure everyone knows how helpful you were to the police. And your man's like, right, I'll tell you. Laverty arrives at Tony's office. They pretend not to know each other as Tony updates her on her stolen vehicle case. He hands her a note on the slide that says, I know what you did. We're finished. 
Steve's been doing background work on Gates and has found proof of laddering. Ted uses the phrase bent copper for the first time. Later that day, Steve returns to the restaurant where Gates had brekkie with Jackie. He interviews Nadia, their waitress from that morning. Some heavy flirting takes place. This is the beginning of Steve the Bachelor. Now, do they have a few drinks together as well? They do go on a date in this yeah. episode. He gets in the car after Hannah. I thought that was... I was like, hold on a what second. What drives while I after like, drinking? He had a few drinks after interviewing that witness and then he remember he was like, oh God, you're a witness. And then he went driving. He did. Oh. I just said, you know he what, did. that was God, weird. Maybe flew he flew over to Tony's house. You were on the ball. Unless was... he was on the Heineken Zeros, but not in 2012. You no, know, they didn't exist, hon. No, I just thought that was interesting. I don't know if that was just... Yeah, it wasn't weird. Very would have to ask someone about that. Um, so later that day, Steve returns to the restaurant where Gates had brekkie with Jackie. He interviews Nadia, their waitress from that morning. Some heavy flirting takes place and Nadia tells Steve that Gates was not alone that morning at the breakfast. She gives a description which basically fits Jackie Laverty, but Steve's never seen her at this point. So he just knows Gates had breakfast with a tall, dark haired woman. Steve puts two and two together back in the office though when he finds a photo of her attached to the stolen vehicle case. Now guys, have you recently watched episode two? No. Yeah. <laughs> Do you re- I noticed uh, Arnest drink driving allegedly. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> Did you notice the music in this next scene? Hannah, I have a, an asterisk written down in my notes. <laughs> I had tears. Tears. Brendan, you need to go back. No, I this thought there was a, like, a, a, an old school pop song used at the, near the ep, near the beginning of episode one, but I, it was like something like Vanessa Carlton, but it wasn't. It's in the car, yeah. Yeah, yes. That's yeah. stunning. Yeah, what this was that? Other one, okay. though, this is, is like, this is a fourth year music class project and the BBC were like, we're not giving you the budget to get any <laughs> actual music signed off so someone's child can have a synth <laughs> and then we'll use it in the show. So <laughs> in a scene with music that I know they were Regret included. Yeah, please do an impression of it. <laughs> it was like, but it was like the prodigy mixed with that. It's like, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, it's like if you explained music to an AI and then asked them to. Re- it's just <laughs> diabolical. It's dreadful. I literally had Asterix being like dreadful music. <laughs> it is just. Do you know what? We might find it on YouTube and play it out a before racket. the end of this. An absolute <laughs> racket. <laughs> so, in a scene with music that I know they regret including, a crazed man robs a number of apartments. <laughs> <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> that was wild. Wild. We need to tweet out this fucking scene. Of Let's Nessel. get that scene. That was <laughs> crazy. It was crazy. It doesn't. It's, it's doesn't, like a film class project. It's like my first film this year. <laughs> 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 I mean, it doesn't link with the rest of the series. I was like, what happened here? It's showing. Is it like when your iPhone puts all the videos together and Brendan, goes, here's your memory? You'll cry when from- you see it. It's apeshit. But like, so it's Jeb Mercurio and he does this so well with the, the older man who's burgled. He's trying to show the real life effects of laddering and it actually is impactful but this scene is fucking apeshit your man's robbing apartments putting stuff in bin bags and then throwing them into a canal with this mad music right so two officers from Gates uh, team attend the scene the robber jumps ends up jumping over the balcony and he breaks loads of his bones right so he's in hospital full body cast or whatever a detective arrives to tell him that his crime was committed in a hot spot so they've set up this new stupid procedure where they're like we're focusing on this hot spot right so if you commit a crime there you're going to get the maximum sentence she's real lazy that officer they all are because they're all on Gates team and they're all at the laddering right Yeah. so she's like right you've committed a crime in this hot spot you're getting 40 years or you can confess to loads of other crimes and then you won't get 
any years you'll just do a few bits of community service uh-huh. so then she sits there in the bed and he, she's like did you do the Villa Park break and he's like Villa Park yeah did you do the church town break in church town yeah so he's just admitting to all this right. now to get out of prison so we're basically seeing how the laddering yeah. actually happens now Hannah this is my first line of juicy of the whole season yes he goes you know she's like you're going to go to jail do you, she goes you're going to go to jail he goes I don't want prison I've been a dorm booked <laughs> <laughs> It just made me laugh so much. He's like, I don't want prison. I've been a dorm booked. And he's like, yeah, I did do that. Yeah, I did do that. I know. Oh my it's God, that's amazing. A, yeah, it's a mad scene, but it's such a good scene. I literally have that written down here. So good. So good. So Tony and his team search for drugs at the Greek Lane property, but they can't find any. Later, Steve arrives at Tony's office to ask him why he took over the Jackie Lav slash accountant hit and run case. Like, why? It's not a big Doesn't case. Doesn't fit. Yeah, and Tony's rattled. Meanwhile, Jackie's hopping his phone out of it, but he's obviously broken up with her and doesn't want to know anything about her. Steve and Kate meet for some sexual tension in a car park. He shows her a photo of Jackie and Kate confirms she's been into the office. They're starting to work out what's going on. So Tony and Jackie have awkward phone sex, but it turns out he was only in her driveway. So he comes into the... (laughs) (laughs) So she's there giving it loads on the phone, right? And she's like... That's next minute, ding dong. Yeah, and she's like, you have to come... Her voice like, you have to come over. And he's like... I'm outside the house. I'm sitting in the driveway. <laughs> open the gates. It, open your gates. Please. Open the gates. In more ways than one. So, <laughs> we learn then in this scene that they were together once before that years ago. He questions her about killing her accountant and she tries to distract him and it works because he can't help himself. And he does a real good bit of acting here where she's gone floating up the stairs and he's like, <laughs> will I, won't I, will I, won't I, what will I do? My wife and family, she's a murderer. And then he goes up after it. I didn't realise how crafty Jackie was until I rewatched it. I always was like, oh, poor, you know, poor Jackie's had a terrible old time. The woman's a criminal. She's playing him. I don't think she's any interest in the man. <laughs> no. Really? No. Brandon. Oh, I'm a bit thick then. I thought she was mad about him. No. Used him. Terrible. It's all poor, poor he's starts talking. He's like, I'm going to arrest you. She's giving him a blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <it's, laughs> then she's using the kids against him later on. Then she's got Ben Adorn books. Ben Adorn books. Dreadful. Mind games. She's honestly a wench. Weapon. <laughs> Deserved everything she's got. He's going to arrest her. Then she's giving him a blowjob. Well, you laugh. That literally is a yeah, scene. It's like, actually shocking. Like, that is literally what happened. I defend her in previous podcasts. I need that back. <laughs> I'd like to distance How do I rescind my statement? Do I redo a statement? I take it back. Jackie now really had a coming, didn't she? <laughs> so Wesley Duke, who deals drugs in the bog, Oh, Wesley Duke deals drugs in the bog and we meet Ryan, the bent bastard for the first time. Young Ryan. And the old man, this is so hard to watch, who reported the multiple burglaries to Kate. Like he's actually, his house is in the middle of the bog and he's getting abused. They're putting rubbish through his letter box. They're throwing So It's actually so hard to watch. It's really heartbreaking because yeah. he's tried so many times and yeah. because of what Tony Gates is doing, they don't give a shit. Um, so what ends up happening is he goes out to the kids and ends up assaulting Ryan because he hits him with his cane. But they are abusing that man. He's mm. obviously just had enough. Hits him with his cane and then he gets arrested for assault. So shit. Steve connects a dodgy hairdresser's to Jackie's company, Laverty Holdings, and he goes and visits a man called Miroslav. Opens the door. And I won't repeat the next sentence that I have written down. Then Deepak, who was following Steve for Tony, reports that intel straight back to Tony. 
Steve approaches Jackie later at a fruit market and accuses her of running dirty money through a number of front-facing businesses. She's trying to buy some sort of office in this She's fruit market. She's doing the money laundering. She's yeah. doing the money laundering. Cleaning the money through her business. This is it and Steve explains it all to her and to us, which is brilliant. He tells her she's coming into AC12 for a meeting. And then he thought he does a little I'm all proud of myself face. It's a real cute because it's his first breakthrough. Back at AC12, Ted tells Steve that the inquest into the wrongful death of Kareem, who's the man shot in the apartment at the beginning of episode one, is reopening. And all of the officers that worked with Steve have turned on him as he was the the one who gave the order to enter the apartment. So basically, Osborne has been like, see that little shit? He's gone over to AC12, thinks he's better than me. We're going to throw the book at him or whatever. Tony figures out that Jackie killed her accountant because he found out she was laundering money. They have a big fight and he arrests her at her house. Ryan rats on Wesley Duke and he's killed and hung in the bog with his fingers cut off. That's actually really violent. Yeah, it really is. They hung his body off a lamppost and his hands have no fingers. And all the kids in in the area are all around and everything. Yeah. It's supposed to be a warning to... Exactly. Everyone else. Exactly. Steve ditches his date with Nadia after a tip off from Kate and flies over to Jackie's house. Drink driving nonetheless. I thought he had about seven drinks in that scene, but maybe he was having water and he was just flirting. Flies over to Jackie's house. She's obviously convinced Tony to let her go once again and they're drinking whiskey. There's a knock on the door. We think it's Steve, but lo and behold, it's the balaclava men. They knock Tony out and they slit Jackie's throat. They wipe Tony's fingerprints on the knife as Jackie bleeds out on the floor and that's episode two. That poor white rug. That house was pristine until her throat was slit. House was pristine. Hannah, well done. They were fantastic. Well done, Hannah. Thank you for that. Thanks, guys. Episode three, Rebecca. I have left out a few bits, but um, yeah, I'll come back to them. Yeah. If I do, yeah, right. Episode three opens with Steve speeding to uh, Jackie's gaff, right? He's like, he's like the cat that got the creme when he sees Gates' car in the driveway. He's like, oh, I'm going to nail this prick here. He's like, I am ready. Okay, so he climbs over the gate. He walks in. He discovers the bloodstained rug in her hall. He also notices two glasses and a bottle of whiskey, right? Suddenly then, this seems crazy. Gates jumps up behind him and pretends that he's already searched the house. He acts so well here because he was locked a few minutes ago before her throat was this like absolutely steaming he had drank the whole bottle of yeah. whiskey and he's like I was here because I was about to arrest Jackie and her body's obviously nowhere to be found he right? actually was steaming because she told him to stop drinking she's like you've had enough it's nearly morning Gina McKee who are you to speak he was obliterated though guys like he was uh Obliterated, like, right? to bed. Quick thinking on Tony Gates' behalf, right? Such a juicy scene. Anyway, Gates obviously tampers with the evidence, so he wipes down the whiskey bottle and he removes the second whiskey glass from the scene to throw AC-12 off the scent. Steve later tells Ted that he believes Jackie was killed or kidnapped because she was involved in money laundering, right? So, like, now we're figuring out more about old Jackie. Like, Jesus, she didn't just run over a dog. You know what I mean? No. She was fully She's intertwined. Up like, to her neck in us. Right, so Rita in the admin office also reveals to Steve that the the victim in the hit-and-run investigation, Mr. Patel, was Jackie's accountant, so shit's going down, so Steve now knows that for sure, right? When, um, sorry, we then get our big, long interview scene. This is the first big interview scene of the whole of Line of Duty. No beep, beep, no beep. Absolutely no beep. Hastings and Arnott questioned Gates about his relationship with Jackie, and it did feel very strange without the beep. Yeah. And also... Well, season one was filmed somewhere else, wasn't it? So AC12 doesn't look like AC12. No, it was filmed in Birmingham, yeah. Yeah, it's in a Birmingham, different place. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, so this scene's really long, so I've just gone through the most important points. So Gates reveals that he was engaged to Jackie 20 years ago, but she left him for a businessman. He claims she got back in touch five months ago because she was looking for a new head of security and she was maybe wondering if Gates knew any ex-police officers. Okay, that sounds plausible. Yeah, I mean, Head of security, though, screaming, like, outside her hairdressers. Right, <laughs> so after a while, Gates is then forced to reveal that they did have a one-night stand, um, but he then gets caught out as Steve kind of questions why the info about the accountant, not the dog, was deleted from the police file. Uh, they also quiz Gates on why his car was parked inside Jackie's driveway with the gates closed. Yeah. But, like, he, so he recovers. He's like, I have the gate code. So he gets off. So he actually ends up leaving that interrogation oh, scene. Oh, he's slippery, isn't he? He really is. So he leads, leaves it with just a suspension. So like they can't nail him on anything yet, right? So Gates then starts to bloody unravel. I mean, he's having flashbacks of being walloped over the head in Jackie's hallway with a baseball bat. He's seeing the ghost of Jackie L walking around with her bleeding throat slit. Like mad shit. That's desperate. It is, right? Elsewhere, Hilton assigns DCI Ian Buckles to lead the Jackie investigation. Is that his name? Is that his name? I don't yeah, know. Buckles. It's very cute, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's Buckles. That's what I wrote down. I might, it might change in a few minutes, so hopefully it's not. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, he basically is like assigned someone new to take over the Jackie case because Gates obviously had a, a bloody affair with her. Um, Steve tells Kate that the whiskey glass is the only piece of evidence that will place Gates at the scene of the crime. Uh, later on, Kate makes a breakthrough in the Greek Lane murder case when she spots a car with cloned plates on CCTV, right? So after that then, okay, Gates gets a message from Jackie's phone saying, help me, Tony, as the team... <laughs> where is she from? I don't know. I just got to find that there's a help little bit of that. Tony. Help, help me, Tony. Tony. She's from um, so this is all a bit confusing here, right? So Gates gets the message from Jackie's phone, but also, meanwhile, Kate gets a tip about the car with the cloned plates. So the whole team in the office head out to try find the car that was involved in the murder at Greek Lane. So does she yeah. get the tip and she's like, guys, guys, and then yeah. he gets the text. And he gets the phone right. call. So what happens is he's then chasing that car because he's looking for Jackie's phone, but they're all chasing that car because it's involved in Greek Lane. So we as viewers all realise, hang on a sec, maybe the same men that killed the two men at Greek, at Greek Lane are the same people who killed Jackie Laverty. Yeah. yeah. So we as viewers know that kind of now, but like they, Steve and all, like they don't have a clue. Okay, so oh, Gates clever. tries to follow the phone and um, the car that they've all been chasing all along then pulls up and sure, three hooded men jump out and don't they bloody kidnap Tony Gates? <laughs> Little Ryan's there as well, the scrot. He's I'm there. just like Tony's having an awful time. An awful like, he time. He thought he was meeting up with his ex for a ride and now kidnapped, bashed over the head. She's killed. No job. Your life's in tatters. It's in about three days. In three days. So he's bundled into a car and they bring him to a deserted warehouse. So we now know that Jackie's murder is definitely related to the Greek Lane double murder. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Sorry. It's not grown. I said just clear my throat. Okay. So we're in the empty <laughs> building. Gates is uh, shown Jackie's body that's being stored in a freezer. Shocking, right? A man called Tommy then calls a phone that Ryan has. Ryan gives the phone to Gates and he says, Jackie was working for me, now you are, unless you want her body to be found with your dirty business all over her and your prints on the knife. So now Tony's being bleeding blackmailed for all of Jackie's shite. Shocking, guys. Yeah. Awful. So throughout this whole episode, Kate, who is obviously undercover, she keeps trying to worm her way closer to Gates and prove herself, gain her trust. She offers to get rid of the evidence linking him to Jackie's house, i.e. the glass, um, which then leads him to tell her that the glass is in this uh, this skip, right? Then, right, 
We then find out that Gates has actually made up three different stories about the glasses location to each of the people on his team. So Deepak eventually is exposed as a rat because AC12 go to investigate this random drain and it winds up being empty. But Gates is like, I told Deepak it was there. So he obviously ran it out to AC12. Very well done. That is, it does go on for a while. It's quite juicy. So was there, like, was Deepak actually a rat then? Deepak told AC12 that... He did. Yeah, that Gates said that the thing was in... Okay. Yeah, yeah. but he was a rat in a way that he was actually doing his job right. Yeah. But he was ratting out the corruption. It's good for Kate that he was there though, isn't it? Oh, because Kate was literally about to text Steve being like, hi, Gates told me that it's in the skip. So Kate was almost exposed there, but Deepak did it first. I love Kate in this season. This is what I mean, because you know when she goes undercover... In the later seasons, there's a lot of tea making and a lot of like undercover for two days and then she ends up getting caught. Whereas this one, she's like deep, deep, deep. It's full psychology. And I love that for her, yeah. And you can see her worming her way towards Gates the whole time. But she's fuming with Gates after this because she's like, I put my job on the line by being loyal to you and, you know, you were just playing all of us, right? So also in this episode, Steve meets Colin Brackley, who is the senior fire officer on the team that shot the wrong man at the very start of episode one. And he's begging Steve to tell the same story as all of them in court so they all don't go down for, for killing an innocent man. Back at base, right? Guys, this is my favourite bloody scene I've ever seen in the whole series. I'm not even joking. Back at base, in the kitchen, in the station, the cleaner is emptying the dishwasher and we see the whiskey glass from Jackie's house hidden in plain sight. I honestly squealed. Tony Gates didn't put the glass anywhere, not in a skip, not in a bleeding drain, not wherever else he told Dot and whoever. He left the glass in the dishwasher in the police station. Very clever. Did you just pick up on that? I'd never seen it before. I completely missed I'd it. Ne- I thought it was in the skip. It, no. Did you put on an extra hot wash, I hope? Oh, it looked like it was pristine. Pristine, guys. Stop. So Gates had clever. it in the station the whole time, hidden in plain sight. Oh, just absolutely loved that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, so Ted then meets Hilton for a fancy lunch. Now, the whole bleeding way through all these episodes, Hilton is, is saying that Gates is a dead man walking, but he's like, Ted, we have him for laddering. Like, stop snooping around, whatever else. Like, let's just get him for this. Suspend him and get on with it. So Hilton's just pushing for that, like, a lot. Um, and then towards the end of the episode, Gates heads to his daughter's school to pick them up. He gets another threatening phone call from Tommy, who tells him to stop the police investigating Jackie's money laundering because it's going to lead to Tommy. Um, and Gates is like, I'm being watched. And Tommy replies, that's your problem, you bent bastard. You bent bastard. Later on, an emotional and deflated Steve throws in the towel after, because Gates is like terrorising him, you know, as well. Like Gates is being terrorised, but he's also being so, that's leading him to be so hard on Steve as well. You know, because yeah. he's just like trying to, you know, make sure he doesn't get... And Steve's get... a baby in this. Steve is a uh, babs. baby. Yeah. So Steve quits the case. He throws in the towel. He's like, he texts Kate and Ted in a group message and he's like, I'm the wrong man for the job. Gates has won. And that is the end of episode three. And he's got... Oh, brilliant. That was brilliant. I was just going to say he's got his other court case and pressures going yeah, on He's got a well. lot going on. He yeah. does. Pressure from all angles. And he really, after all that, he'd met your man and the Gates situation. He's like, I can't do it. But also in that no episode... No wonder the chap's having a drink before he gets in the car. Do you know what I mean? True, but in that episode, what I missed was Kate gets taken off the case because the older man who's being terrorised by Ryan and all is like, Kate said she'd look after he me. Made a so she doesn't go on that chase, but that's just, a, it. to be honest, it, it's a small detail. It just wraps up the end of that story, okay? Yeah. 
Okay, so we're going on to episode four now. Um, Gates is still being tormented by Tommy Hunter's calls. He keeps getting freezer flashbacks. He's desperately <laughs> trying to push DCI Buckles to dump the Jackie disappearance on the money laundering and everything. So he's like to Buckles. Also, guys, I've never bleeding heard of DCI Buckles. <laughs> no, neither no. I, and I'm still questioning but it. But Jed Mercurio tweeted book. about him during the week when these episodes were being re-shown. And I'm like, is DCI Buckles going to come back into it maybe? Well, he does because he, he tweeted like, this is the first yeah. time we saw Buckles. And I'm like, can we see I him think again? Buckles for season six, guys, maybe Buckles is coming back. There's something in that. Why is he tweeting? This is where we meet DCI Buckles. I bet you someone's going to tweet us in and be like, guys, DCI Buckles in season three. He's probably in every character. episode. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> um, okay, so AC12 are obviously a man down with Steve not being there. Uh, yeah. Kate is begging Ted for more manpower, but he's like, I've no budgets. Hastings says Hilton wants to sideline Gates for the laddering if they back off. But Kate is like, I'm going to nail him myself. She is badass chick here. Love. She is like, I'm getting Gates for what he's been involved with, with Jackie. Okay. So... Steve then has a change of heart. He gets back on the case. Kate reckons that there's a connection between Gates and Jackie's finances. So he, she's basically like, I think Jackie probably gave Gates a few bob and probably what happened is Gates ended up spending it on his children because that's what people do. They, they need money because they're trying to help their family. It's not, you know, so... It's not always greed. Sometimes people just need a bit of help. It's complicated. And um, this leads Steve to suss out the cost of his daughter's school fees. And Jesus, they turn out to be very pricey indeed. Yeah, but they're at the piano recitals and all. Like I've just Googled who Buckles is. And without spoiling anything, in a later season, <laughs> do you remember down a dark laneway, Ted brings an officer out because the officer cops one of the undercovers? because they know them from anti-corruption and Ted goes I do not want to pull my officer off this job you shut your mouth oh my god you, no. do you not remember that no yeah it happens like it's worth to God we had mocked this all three times yeah that's who Buckles is okay interesting stuff right in this episode Kate is like fantastic at wrapping gates around her little finger he eventually spills that Jackie actually paid nine grand for his daughter's school fees without telling him and that Jackie said it was a gift right so Kate later meets Steve and Elaine Way wouldn't be like them and she reveals that the same men who killed Jackie also carried out the Greek Lane murders so they then are like listen let's target Cotton because Cotton was the one who mysteriously pulled off was pulled off surveillance that night and those 10 minutes that was the window when the two men were murdered so they're like listen maybe Gates has something to do with that maybe Gates was all involved with getting Dot to do that now guys Nigel Morton lurking a lot in this episode like he is going crazy at Gates though he's like why aren't you confiding in me anymore because Gates is obviously confiding in Kate a lot and AC12 then questioned Morton and Cotton about Gates and I loved this line of juicy from Nigel Morton um, during Steve's interrogation right love this so much completely missed it (laughs) I've been a DC for 20 years I'll still be one when I retire ambitious blokes like you get buffeted by every little wind of change me just keep sailing on guys he's on the boat boom Bob the Builder there sorry that was like when I watched him say that I was like Jesus Christ he limps into the sunset he is limping around the place right (laughs) so what is also interesting here is that we find out loads about Dot Cotton Matthew Cotton that I had missed Um, so he used to be up to his eyes I was only trying to remember earlier what Dot's actual name is and it's Matthew Cotton is it yeah Yeah. because we just call him Dot all the time Matthew Dot Cotton Craig Parkinson Craig Parkinson so he's getting interrogated a lot guys he's gorgeous very tall he goes in a sneaker don't you Mm, yeah 
Yeah. Okay, so what's interesting though is we find out loads about Dot's past, right? So he used to be up to his eyes in debt. He was mad for betting on the horses, right? He then, um, you know, the missus walked out and him after he was up to debt. Oh, was it, he up to his eyes. Yeah, the missus walked out and then Gates kind of helped him do all the overtime to sort out all his debts. So you can kind of understand there that Dot was in a bit of a jocker, right? So... <laughs> Dot, however, then lies to Steve and to Ted and he says that Gates ordered him to leave the surveillance the night of the Greek Lane murders, dot, 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 asterisk there. Because we know from watching it that Dot just was like, oh, I think he says let's go to the pub or something. He, yeah, because he's like, oh, they'll be here in 10 minutes. What's 10 minutes? Come on, we just go. Yeah, okay. So after he leaves, Steve says, this This makes it... Um, this kind of summarises what's going on. It all fits. The gang that committed the Greek Lane murders was laundering money via Jackie and that money was paying for Gates' daughter's education. He facilitated the hit to protect his income and then Ted says, which I should adore, I think we've got the bastard. I'll see you in the pub for a pint. Like <laughs> Ted, Ted is just Love bringing Ted. the goods. Um, the next day, Steve visits Miroslav and the hairdressers that Jackie owns and elsewhere, Ryan, the spent bastard, he calls to a guy called Terry's flat with two other people and they're so awful to Terry like it's yeah it's so hard to watch like they're horrible to him uh, Terry he has Down syndrome and he is he's kind of he thinks they're coming in to be nice to him at yeah. the start and it's it's really horrible but there is a really long close-up shot of Terry's freezer in this scene okay back at the station Hilton announces to everyone that the Greek Lane murders were actually a terrorist uh, or operation and that Gates conveniently uncovered the whole thing uh, Steve is absolutely livid he tells Hilton that the guys were actually using chemistry books because they were making crack and not bombs and Hilton insists that they were selling drugs to fund terrorist activity and that Gates is essential for the operation so he basically dismisses all their points about his links to Jackie the money laundering um, and you know ordering Dot to scrap the surveillance allegedly and all that meanwhile Tommy Hunter Jesus and his sidekick evil child Ryan they keep pushing Gates to do something about Arnott uh, sniffing around Jackie's salon Tommy also mentions getting rid of Arnott which uh, I uh, who I might add hasn't worn a waistcoat this whole season no good point no no so you start to worry a bit for Steve's safety you're like oh Jesus they're gonna they're gonna get him uh, later on while looking through CCTV Gates actually figures out where they kidnapped him to in the previous episode um, and they showed him Jackie's body in the freezer so he actually heads back there to try and see if he can find her body and he breaks in using a crowbar but sure the freezer's empty because they've moved Jackie um, we see a group of masked men in the next scene then and they have a suitcase with Jackie's body in it and they put it into the freezer in Terry's flat. Or else Terry. With the with the murder weapons. So, Quite a small freezer as well. Yeah, so Jackie Laverty is in Terry's freezer. And that's where, yeah, that's where Absolutely mad. Uh, Arnest then heads to the market back where Jackie was involved with and he suddenly gets a call from a random guy from the salon, Miroslav, who tells him that Jackie's throat was slashed when Gates was there. So he, basically Steve get, thinks he's getting a really good tip here. So Miroslav is like, I'll meet you on my own. Steve's like, okay, this guy is willing to talk now. Jesus, back at the station. Go tubbing. Go tubbing. Suddenly, Oskelga, Morton catches Kate with oh, two Jesus. identical phones when she's outside the station and sure doesn't he just get the cane and whack her over the head. Like, hard to watch. And then he speeds off. Bob the Builder is a bastard. Doesn't he? Does he spit in her face? Yeah, that's in the next episode. Oh. Yeah. Shocking, but like hitting her over the cane. So everyone in the office is like, what the hell <laughs> is going on here? What would you do here? if you were just in the office and you looked out the window and you saw one of your colleagues walloping the <laughs> room with a cane? Guys, 
it's honestly it was so violent it was crazy <laughs> so so that was really shocking but then meanwhile poor Steve is in danger girl Steve <laughs> heads, he heads to the abandoned warehouse he's like okay right I'm going to meet Miroslav bloody Gates is there suddenly two men in balaclavas baseball bats they come out Gates you know is like Steve it's not me versus you anymore the people that Jackie was involved with are now after me Steve is like listen Gates you still have time to turn yourself in and Gates is like it's not that simple I'm really sorry so I literally thought Steve was going to be a goner here back at base Kate which is iconic gets a fire extinguisher from the office and fucks it into Gates' office <laughs> to try and get to his computer it is so dramatic she's like I'm AC12 like it was great yeah she's it's, like I'm out of cover it's bit. very good um, and then the episode closes with Steve being tortured in the warehouse awful Ryan is trying to bloody cut off his fingers um, Tommy calls and he tells Steve to tell the lads that are torturing him obviously what he knows Gates begs Tommy for Jackie's body and then like Tommy hangs up and Gates just leaves Steve to be tortured in the warehouse horrific well and that's the end of that episode do you guys feel sorry for Tony yeah Yeah, oh 100% yeah yes okay yeah 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 just checking yeah Rebecca, that was amazing. Okay, the fifth, because there was only five episodes in season one, so the fifth um, and final episode of this season opens with Steve continuing to be be tortured in that uh, warehouse by Ryan the Bent Bastard and Miroslav. They've got the bolt cutters to the fingers, but the bolt cutters are like, I don't know, they're blunt or somebody needs to sharpen them. Me fella told me that um, Ryan just doesn't have the strength. Oh, he's too too little because he's only a baby bastard. He's a baby baby bastard. bastard. He's not a full-blown bastard. He's literally six years old. He's not a full-blown bastard just yet. Um, but they, 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 so then he's trying to do his fingers in the bolt cutters and it doesn't work. So then they put his hand into a vice grips and close the vice grips on his hand. Uh, Tony Gates turns back up after fleeing just at the end of the last Love episode. Episode uh, Gives Ryan a few slaps before cuffing him to a drain pipe outside the warehouse. Kate turns up, tells Steve that her cover's blown. Uh, Steve, because she's announced herself and thrown a fire extinguisher <laughs> through the office door. Uh, Steve lies and says that he hasn't seen Tony Gates because he's now legged it again. And Steve says that he was the one who arrested Ryan Gates gets home finds the dog dying on their kitchen floor and puts him him out of his misery Um, his wife Jules comes back and Gates is like you need to get out of here get the kids go 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 she's asking way too many questions and dragging her heels and he's just like get the fuck out of here she won't leave so he deliberately upsets her like kind of like upsets her into leaving by saying that he's been riding Jackie Laverty alright that's very well done that scene isn't it because yeah. he's just trying to shock her into just exactly. get, it, get out of there yeah he's he's doing it for her safety he didn't yeah. he didn't actually want her to upset to her, her. Um, Kate and Ted visit Steve in hospital where doctors have managed to save his fingers all is good Kate and her team go back to the warehouse to check the now empty deep freeze and then clears her desk Morton while she's doing this clearing her desk spits on the back of her head it's absolutely disgusting Disgusting. Mm. It's disgusting. Dot then just, he's got like a box of, you know, like Kleenex man sized tissues on his desk and just without, just really casually, doesn't even look at her, but just picks one tissue out, passes it over to her and goes um, really casually. Um, so, Kate, were you looking for anyone other than Gates then? Oh. But just really casual. Uh, Chief Superintendent Derek Hilton brings Chief Inspector Osborne into the office. Steve isn't happy. Dot is. Kate interviews baby Ryan under caution with Jane Hargreaves present. That name just Mm -hmm. stood out for me. Mm -hmm. Ryan gives away nothing and says all he does is nix mobile phones for the gang. 
He then let slip the gates rescued Steve from the warehouse. Kate and Steve have a row over that. She's like, why did you not tell me? Steve loves aligning with the uh, subject of corruption, possibly, doesn't he? Yeah. Very good observation. Morton meets Steve in an underpass. It's dark at night. You just see the cane come out of the car. <laughs> yeah, step, it's like step, the way step. you see a nice stiletto sometimes. In yeah, yeah, it is. It's <laughs> just like the shoe. cane comes first. Um, <laughs> Morton, Morton asks Steve who else he's with in this, you know, if he's got backup or if he's wearing a wire or anything. Steve says, I'm here by myself. Morton then squeezes his, like, I assume, broken hand from the vice grips. Steve falls to the floor in absolute agony. And then Morton just gets back into the car, drives off. Steve walks back towards his own car in the dark underpass. And out of bloody nowhere, Tony Gates shoves him into the back of his own car and jumps into the driver's seat and speeds away with him. It's the man not everywhere in this series. Yeah. Uh, Steve tries to convince Tony to hand himself in and turn in evidence against Tommy and the whole gang. Gates says that he'll give uh, Steve Tommy and then if he wants to be let go uh, then gets out of the car leaving Steve to drive himself. Chief Superintendent Derek Hilton asks Dot to take on a promotion. He's like, I, th- I, think, you, I think you should work your way up the ranks. And Dot kind of plays a bit like, oh, I, d- I don't know, but like, oh yeah, thanks. Um, Ryan gets dropped home after being interviewed by Kate under caution to his mother who I have noted here looks like a young Shirley Carter from EastEnders. <laughs> and all she says, <laughs> all she says when they like give Ryan back is, hope you fed him. I actually yeah. had, did laugh at like, that, but I was so also funny. really sad and terrible. You're like, Ryan doesn't have a hope. Uh, yeah, it's awful, yeah. Um, then He doesn't have a hope, but he's also the reason Wesley Duke was killed and hung from that lamppost. At the, like, he did rat on him, do you know what I mean? He's also seven. <laughs> yeah. Um... So then I missed the name of this cop and I, I can't remember if it's important or not. But when he drops him back, he he says he gives him to his mom. She says, if you fed him, close the door, gone. Mm-hmm. And then he turns on his heels without his like partner. There was a man and a woman cop and the, the male cop goes back by himself, knocks on the door again. Baby, ba- baby bastard Ryan opens the door and he gives him his card and he says, if you ever want to go for a burger, mm-hmm. call me. He reappears somewhere again. Yeah. yeah. He's a really good guy. Yeah. Uh, Ted tells Steve that his inquest is next week and suggests that he could argue that he's not fit to testify. This is in relation to knocking it down number 59 instead of number 56 and shooting the wrong person dead. Um, Ted calls Steve a cheeky wee shite. Kate, you have a word with him. The doctor told me to watch my blood pressure because he's not impressed that Steve Steve was being watched and uh, by AC12 for his own safety I think but they noticed that obviously he had a tete-a-tete with Tony Gates the night before um, it's confirmed the body fluids found in the deep freeze match DNA found in Jackie Laverty's flat Osborne tells Steve that he won't admit at the inquest that he asked Steve to lie so uh, back to episode 1 Osborne called Fahrenheit, which then Steve passed the order on to shoot. And and obviously the whole way through the season, Osborne has been pressuring Steve to go with the rest of the team and say, that you go with the same story. And yeah, Steve was like... he fed them a statement. He fed them a statement, yeah. And Steve was like, no, I'm going to tell the truth. An innocent man died and I want people to know that. I, I can't mean, live with that. The corruption is and his, just... All the way to the top. And his yeah. statement was awful. It was like, you will say he was armed. You will say yeah. you went in and shouted, put your guns down. Yeah. You will say all this and they did none of it. Yeah. Uh, Gates buys a burner phone and goes home to see his wife he asks to be let in for just an hour with the kids so it's like family again 
they play in the back garden and they're playing a game of what's the time, Mr. Wolf. Uh, the wife is watching on from the back patio steps and he's there with the two girls. While he's playing uh, what's the time, Mr. Wolf, Steve phones him and just goes, it's on. So Gates leaves the wife and kids and drives while there's tears streaming down his face at this point looking for Tommy because the chase has now ensued. Kate and Steve are also in another car. They're driving looking for Tommy. Ted is back at base coordinating and he's kind of watching the GPS tracker and he's like, Jesus, he's going like the clappers. <laughs> Which is a real Ted Turner phrase. Uh, Gates gets uh, arrives at this golf club, gets out of the car. He sees Tommy. He puts his radio down back in the car because like Steve and Kate are like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Because he's just, I think he's literally one or two minutes ahead of them. Um, doesn't pass on the information that, that they're looking for. Tony Gates pulls his hood up over his head, walks over to Tommy, who's starting to play around a golf with his mates, and gives him a dig for the dog and cuffs him. I honestly loved the golf club is so fancy. You always expect that, you know, all of this, you know, crazy gangland stuff is all very, you know, seedy and everything. He's literally Tommy walking around a glamorous golf club. Yeah. Not a bother with all his rich friends. Shocking. Um, So they're now back in the car. So Gates is driving Tommy, we presume, to a station. Kate and Steve are still following somewhere behind and they're listening to a live recording from their car. So um, I think Gates has like a a wire or he's turned his radio radio on in the door of the car sorry that's exactly what he did so they're listening on the radio to the whole conversation so Tony Gates is trying to talk to Tommy to get the information out of him that proves that Gates wasn't responsible for Jackie Laverty's death yeah um, so he he's getting the information out of Tommy to prove while on the radio that he he wasn't uh, responsible for Jackie so Laverty's ten. death so their chat does in the end prove that um, the Gates didn't kill Jackie Laverty or order her death Tommy says that he killed him on my orders so Tommy calls Gates a bent bastard twice Gates then arrests Tommy in the middle of like heavy traffic on a motorway I'm not sure if there's like roadworks or something going on but we're on a really busy motorway there's a line of traffic Gates gets out Kate and Steve are behind him at this point Kate and Steve are walking towards him Tommy's arrested still in the car Uh, so Kate and Steve go to move in towards Tommy and um, Gates turns around to Steve and just says in the middle of the busy motorway uh, my wife my girls get nothing unless this is in the line of duty I was never bent and with that then he throws himself in front of a truck and dies at the scene It's It's so heartbreaking because he, you do realise that he wasn't like he just got completely duped, yeah. didn't he? I mean, was he ever doing a bit of laddering though? I, yeah, he no, was, he was up. He, he was doing a bit of laddering, ball, yeah. but like, laddering he was nothing to do with the money laundering, with any of the murders. It's so sad. But I think Jed, it was clever writing to include like the old man that got burgled and stuff like that because it does show the impact of what he done like his crimes yeah. of laddering yeah. did have a personal impact on people's lives and that was shit but at the same time he wasn't involved in this like no. high levels of drugs no. and corruption no um, Dot turns up at the scene he asks for a minute with Tommy so the arresting officers he just says can I have a minute with him they get into the back of a police van and have a quiet chat Dot tells Tommy to play along for four words immunity yes uh, to which Tommy calls Dot the best caddy I ever had. Oh. 
Uh, that's uh, where season one ends. There's then a few words on the screen at the end. Um, it, it explains that uh, Gates, uh, despite Gates' evidence against uh, Tommy, it was never used. Uh, the uh, murders remain unsolved. Gates's family did receive a death in service payment. Uh, the anti-corruption case against Gates was closed. And despite Steve's testimony, no officers have uh, been... Um, I don't know what word that is I have there. Reprimanded? Reprimanded. We'll use that one. I think it means the same thing. For their actions before, during or after Ali's shooting. And that is the end of season one of Line of Duty. Well done, Brendan. It was so phenomenal to re-watch it again. And there is a a one Line of Juicy that I absolutely squealed at that I forgot to say. Season one, episode three. You know Rita, who works in the admin in the office. Yeah. So Tony Gates, I'm talking, is up to his fucking tits. Like he is having the biggest mare of his life and Rita walks over to him in this episode and she goes oh god all this anti-corruption is bad for the nerves I'll have to go on the sick <laughs> <laughs> oh she sounds a bit like somebody else who comes into it a, a season or two later oh it made me laugh She's so thrilled. much but my goodness guys what what a amazing season of television it's so so good um, I'm excited to continue watching seasons 2, 3 and 4 me too do we know yet are the BBC showing them Oh, I don't know. They're all on Netflix UK and Ireland. Absolutely. And we're going to go ahead and watch them and recap them anyway. But I have a feeling. Yeah, they haven't said. Are they re-showing season one on BBC One? Because from season two, was it on BBC? Season one was only shown on BBC Two. Absolutely. So are they only showing BBC One, or sorry, season one on BBC One? to remedy the fact that it never no, airs there. I think they've no content. Yeah, because the keep it going. Pa- it's the, the best thing you've made in decades. Absolutely. So I think they're going to keep... And it's a Monday and Tuesday night. What else to be on? Yes, it's Monday and Tuesday. So maybe over the next few weeks, hopefully they're going to show season two on a Monday and Tuesday and then continue with season three and season four. But either way, we will be covering it. So get on Netflix and watch it um, yeah. regardless. Exactly. I think... But like uh, Martin Compson gave an interview... Yeah, at the start of the week, and um, among many other things, he said that they hope to be wrapped by Christmas. Yeah. So in that. my head, what the BBC are doing is just gives a little run up to Christmas, and then be like, "It's wrapped here's a release date." You know, just keep the momentum yeah, of line and duty going over. a bit. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, is going did on. you also see that Martin Compton did an interview and he admitted that there is a massive bombshell in season six? Episode the end of episode four. Four, yeah. yeah. So pre Corona, they'd shot I think episodes one and two, and they had the script for three and four. So he knows that something massive happens at the end of episode four in season six, but he doesn't know what, and they haven't been able to resume filming, so oh, they don't have the script. I yet. love that he feels like we do. <laughs> Sweating. Yeah, so he feels the way we do. But I think that hopefully they're going to be able to film again soon. It looks like they're getting yeah. back soon. I thought there was a date. They have an agreed date. They just won't announce it because okay. it keeps moving. But I thought it was like in and around in the next two weeks. Yeah, so hopefully we will have a season six coming soon and we can just enjoy all of the amazing moments of the previous seasons before then. Wrapped by Christmas is what they said. So at least then the momentum will start. We'll get a little trailer. We might get some f- first look images. Yeah. Do you think March tw- I think That's March I think. 2021 That was my fingers very first crossed. March Yeah Hopefully fingers Which crossed Which is not actually That far away now That we've waited this long It'll fly in It'll fly honest. in lads yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, you know, I saw as well that obviously they're re-showing it on BBC One every Monday and Tuesday and Gemma Curio has been tweeting all this amazing um, like information we didn't know before about season one. Yeah, so I my homework for this week on top of episode one and two was to do some fun facts. <gasps> and I sat down to do my fun facts. They will just done it all for me. So I'm literally going to read the man's Twitter account for you. Now, season are there spoilers one. in this? No. No, they're it's literally... Because about season one. 
This is Jed tweeting along when the episode's great on the BBC and giving loyal fans some extra info like here's where that was shot or here's a little bit more behind the scenes. So no spoilers at all, it's perfect. So he said in season one, episode three, which went out this week, featured the first ever clandestine meeting. What a gorgeous turn of phrase. Between Steve and undercover Kate was filmed in Paradise Circus in Birmingham. As you said, they hadn't moved to Belfast at this point. Now, I think this is brilliant. Sharp-eyed viewers may have spotted that you'll never see their faces when they say Tony Gates. That is because a couple of days into filming, we had to change the name of Lenny James's character. He had a completely different name. And Stop! It, it's my mission in life to find out if we can get, if we're getting, you know, a couple of cast members on for an interview. Please, God. We need to find out what the name was. I'd love to find out what the name was. The actors revoiced all their lines in the original post-production and we had to hide their mates delivering the original name. Okay, now I need to rewatch it again. Same. Now, I only read this today and I'd already rewatched the first three episodes. Now I'm going back to watch them again because obviously they never say Tony Gates when it's coming out of their mouth. I need to watch it for Tony Gates. I need to watch it to see the scene that Tony Gates shits on the car. car. Shit in the car. Tony Gates not his real name. But also, why do you think they had to change the name? Do you think maybe it was like a convicted there, criminal or something? Was there a real life something happened that week or that month and yeah. somebody got convicted of something yeah. and they were just like, we can't do this. It's BBC lawyers or something, I feel. Wow. But like, I feel like all of the names in the scripts would have been signed off originally. So like that, I feel like something must have happened in the press or yeah. something. To where, stop it. To stop it where a name became relevant because it would have been signed off. To we should get a cork board and start writing down all the names of court cases that happened that week and then try to figure out what the name was. Guys, honestly, Honestly, it's my dream. I've nothing else to we will find. We will find out. Thank we you. Will. Um, okay, so Jed also tweeted, some viewers may be surprised in series one, Superintendent Ted Hastings, he basically had a supporting role, he said. And he kind of does when you think about it. It's, uh, it's mostly Kate, a lot of Steve, a lot of Tony Gates, a bit of Jackie Lav, and then a little sprinkling of Hastings. So Adrian Dunbar's performance had such a big impact on everyone on set and did so well. That Jeb Mercurio just completely rewrote the character into the seasons two, three, and onwards, and that's how we have the gaffer, our, our Ted, man, our Ted, and it wouldn't be the same without him. He wouldn't have been singing to us on the Late Late Show had no. he not been. Had he not made such an impact? What song did he do again? Elvis, my an way? Elvis song. It was my way. I thought it was, was an it Elvis not Frank song. Sinatra. Was it Elvis? Definitely was Elvis. Was it nothing to do with the rainbow? No, it was definitely Elvis. I don't know what song it was. Right, because he used to be an Elvis impersonator. That was the whole story. What did yeah, I? Yeah, Adrian Dunbar used to be an Elvis impersonator. Am I completely making this yeah, up? Yeah, no, or he was in a band with an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, was it not? I see trees of, of green. green. Write it down there, and we we'll look that. What bastard. a wonderful <laughs> world! But that's not Elvis Presley. What is a it? wonderful no. world! It but, is. Oh, but they were just talking about him being in a band with Elvis or something. Anyway, we'll, we'll sorry. That's another investigation for us afterwards. Sidetrack. <laughs> the cork board is busy. <laughs> so, Jeb Mercurio. Another fun fact: my only cameo appearance in Line of Duty. He drove Gina McKee around. So in Icon. Screaming. In one of the scenes where Lenny James was meant to be driving Gina, basically he Jeb and Curio decided on a route around Belfast and Lenny was like, oh, Well, I don't know them roads. So Jed was like, get out the car, I'll drive Gina around. They'll film Gina's whole facial expressions. You'll drive the car behind me and follow me so you know the route, and then someone will film your facial expressions and we'll just bash it together. That scene was amazing though, of her trying to convince Tony not to arrest her, and she's like, Your kids, and she's like, That is that seems crazy, Gina. Well, she's, he's unbelievable. Like, she is talking to Jeb Mercurio's face. Hilarious. Um, I have another few for you here now. He goes, thanks to everyone who watched Line of Duty season one, episode one last night. So this is from last week. 
This is so good. DCI Tony Gates' heroics were filmed live in Birmingham City Centre. So when Tony ran out of the cafe to stop the mugging, the when street, he was the having wasn't closed off. When he was having brekkie with Jackie Lav, they didn't close off the streets. One brave brummy intervened. Oh my god, amazing. Stopping Lenny James tangling with the stuntman. So they had to film the whole thing again. They just didn't bother to tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Guys, we need to head up to Belfast if they're filming again and see if we can hang around. Like, imagine we were in the scene, you tackling stuntmen. And then the last one is the very first person that they hired for the I series. I saw this today. Oh, I was going to ask you to guess. So I saw you, you guess if you haven't seen it. You guess, Rob, right? You get three guesses. The very Lenny first. James. No. Uh, Kate. No. Steve. Bob no. the Builder. Oh my The first goodness. man. The first, first person name hired. on the page. Nigel, Nigel Morton. Morton. Well, like, we're not doing this AKA show if you don't get Neil Bob the Morrissey, Builder. who I do think is quite attractive. It, with the cane. I think Neil Morrissey needs to come back into Line of Duty. Please, God, please, we at some point. We begged for oh, it. We begged I, for it throughout the whole of I the hope. season I, by it's just, it could. I think that could happen. He is coming back. I, I am so confident. And Buckles, maybe. <laughs> and Buckles. Buckles. <laughs> could who he is, but I hope he comes back. Um, guys, I've really enjoyed this. Um, will we finish with an ode to Jackie Laverty? Oh, of course. I, that's important. Now, I absolutely threw this together, but I've tried to be as poetic as possible. But you know what? That's all she deserves, Brendan. Now we've realised Yeah, because you know what? Bag. And even since I wrote this God. one hour and seven minutes ago, um, <laughs> I've, my, my opinion of her has changed. <laughs> so absolutely. If this doesn't sound too heartfelt, please forgive me. Uh, oh, Jackie Laverty. Gina McKee with her snow white skin, ruby red lips and layered brunette hairstyle, which she clearly <laughs> hasn't updated since the 90s. <laughs> Just a bit of a hot mess. Madly in love with Tony Gates, although now apparently not. <laughs> Just get you, mad anyway. about the money laundering. Mm. The uh, the double, <laughs> double drunk driver, incapable of differentiating between a dog and an accountant. She started the series in a glam country house on Millionaire's Row in the finest of silk blouses. And while she spent most of the series stuffed in a freezer, Jackie Laverty will always have a place in our hearts as the hardest working limbs in the business. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Jackie Laverty lives on forever. She's an icon. Uh, guys this has been so much fun I'm so glad that we finally went back to do season one yeah we did justice because the one remember we did a season one to four recap the day before the season five premiered and it was you know what we had a great time but the detail was missing oh absolutely we had a laugh but like when I say flung together yeah because we were we hadn't planned on doing it we'd never done it before we'd never done a podcast we had said let's just do season five and then we're like oh shit we should probably do a recap I had yeah. severe jet lag I hadn't even rewatched it Yeah, Where, yeah, did, you, yeah, where did you come back from? Australia, Australia. Oh my she god She was upside down or what was going oh, on Oh no idea but sure you know what it's gorgeous to be able to go back and enjoy every single delicious moment once again Yeah okay that was season one of Line of Duty This has been Shrine of Duty We will be back in what, what are we going to say? A week? Know, two like, weeks? Are with we season waiting on the two? BBC or what? Yeah, we're going to have to figure out if the BBC are showing it. But we will absolutely come come back. We're going to do season two. We're going to do season three. And we're going to do season four. As soon as we know, yeah. we'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's anything that you notice in season one or season two that you'd like us to mention uh, for the next podcast, do let us know on Twitter. Yeah. At Shrine Pod. And Instagram as well. At Shrine Pod. <laughs> and Facebook. At Shrine Pod. <laughs> well done. And you can send us emails. People send us emails. Yeah. We've got a lovely um, email or message. Like, feel free to send them in if you have opinions or funny bits. No spoilers. Send them in, we'll read them out. 
Yep, shrinepod at gmail.com. Shrine of Duty. There's only one thing I'm interested in, and one thing only, and that's bent covers. Shrine of Duty, the official, unofficial podcast.